From the nearest comic book to the farthest cinematic universe, journey into the past, present, and future of your fandom. This is Meanwhile. This 22. is Meanwhile. This is Meanwhile. Twenty-two pages later, with your hosts, the Cat, MFG, and Ralph the Tech. Please stand by. Well, hello, all of you, wherever you're listening from, and welcome to another edition of Meanwhile 22 Pages Later, episode 217. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, and with me as always is the man that probably would be the voice in your head that says, don't watch any movie previews, it'll give away the entire movie. He is Mike, also known as MFG. Yeah, don't watch any movie previews, it's going to give away the entire movie. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's going to have things in it that won't be in the movie, and then you're going to be mad, except for me, who didn't watch it. (laughs) But anyhow, enough of that. Let me get on to a horribly described movie. This one's actually really easy. It is actually really easy. Um, Are you ready? I'm ready. I just, I I, I don't have high hopes. Ah, You should (laughs) always have high hopes. That's what makes that little ant think he can do what he can do. (laughs) All righty. Believe it or not, witness the miracle of birth where no one can hear you scream. Ah, See, I told you, it's very easy. Wow. And uh, you'll be hearing the answer to that. After the quick news. I'm afraid that my gasp gave away that I knew it, and then I'm going to be wrong. <laughs> That's very likely. <laughs> and, and that other voice, a.k.a. AKA our other illustrious host, is the man that probably would be the voice in your head that says, go on, tell him the ending of the movie. Spoiling doesn't, ever, doesn't hurt anybody. He is RT Squared, Ralph the Tech. Yeah, spoiling is good, always in moderation, though. <laughs> I, I don't think that's even true. Spoiled milk isn't good. Yes, and you take those curds, you can make some very good dulce. Spoiled brats ain't good. Go ahead. (laughs) So the other day while I was exploring in a previously undiscovered Egyptian tomb, I was dodging all kinds of traps, ducking left and right. Yes, you could duck left and right. It's possible. (laughs) And as I jumped through a final loop to get past this large rolling ball that just kept coming after me, I entered the tomb of the pharaoh. And there upon a pedestal, was this giant golden meow. I don't know why a Pokemon was there, but hey, listen, that's, that's what was there, all right? And as I go to reach to the meow, a thought occurred to me. If a coin can be balanced on its side, then technically there's another option besides, besides uh, heads or tails. Yeah, oh. but if you get that side one, man, you, you just went all bets. <laughs> right? right? I, I'm, I'm going to do that now every time I go to the casino and they go like, heads or tails? I'm going to say side. And they're going to be like, and you're going to lose. And then it's going to happen. Rim. <laughs> and it's going to happen. It's going to be like, fuck. And it lands on the side and I'm going to be like, there. And then I'm, they're going to look at me like, what the fuck? You're going to be heads you or tails. You thought about that way too much, bro. You're going to be like sides for the heads or tails question. And the guy, <laughs> he's going to be like, you chose poorly (laughs) (laughs) yes mr ball (laughs) all right everybody all right so um before we even go into what we're going to be talking about today i just wanted to add um for those who are listening and those saying wow they sound like they're in 4k (laughs) or they sound like they're right in the same room because for the first time in a very long time i'm going to pull back the curtain and say for the first time in a long time we are together in the same room no skype no zoom just us being able to look each other in the eye as we roll our eyes at each other. So it'll be great. Good times. And also, that's so you also know, it's clothing optional day. <laughs> yes. As uh, I just want you to know, I chose to wear clothing today. 
I can't say the same for my friends here. I'm still mad that you get nobody talked about my pasties. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and now that's recorded, and now I'm in trouble. But they're very tasty. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about today's show. So today's show, um, the topic we'll be discussing is a slightly obscure Marvel hero that got his own series, but did they do enough to make us care? So on this episode, we will be discussing the Disney Plus slash Marvel Studios show, Moon Knight. But first, here comes the mic, all dressed in, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> well, that now that that half-hearted attempt of an intro is done, let's leave it at this. Here's MFG, and it's quick news. And now. Uh... The Quick News, brought to you by MFG and Ralph and Cap. And that Quick News intro was brought to you by Antidepressants. Take them, they're fun. They haven't any art working. <laughs> I was waiting for him to try to say the, say the name, but okay. Uh, and the Grand Overlord, Snuffleupagus. Nice. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's a Sesame Street character that can't be said on TV, I guess. <laughs> All right. Try. What you got I for us, Mike? Well, what else could I possibly have besides death? What? Wait, who yeah. died? Oh, you know who died. Veteran screen actor Ray Liotta died on May 26th. Oh, yeah, the proliferate uh, character actor entertained audiences for more than 40 years with his tough guy personas. The native Newark, New Jersey star was memorable for roles in Field of Dreams, Goodfellas, Identity, Hannibal, and his voice of Tommy Vercetti in the video game Grand Theft Auto Vice City among his more than 100 films and TV roles. Don't forget he was also in, in B. That would be more than his 100 film and TV roles. <laughs> but don't forget B. That's like the best one. That's true. Uh, Leota died in his sleep in the Dominican Republic during the filming of Dangerous Waters. No cause of death has been reported. He was 67. I bet you it was one of those goddamn mosquitoes. I hate them. Wow. I just think it was because he was in the Dominican Republic. No, listen. Damn. He was just lucky to die in such a beautiful country. That's true, I guess. I'm, I was just really thrown off by a couple of things. Number one, I was like, wow. Like, to, to, to start... Like wrapping my head around the fact that Ray Liotta's gone, yeah. but then I guess the idea of um, he didn't look that old. No, no. no he didn't I mean, really he started looking a little bit old recently. Right. I mean, he's, well, he's sixty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was such a good fella. Uh, wow. And oh that my didn't gosh. deserve any kind of rim shot. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Here's something. Uh, not any more pleasant than that news. Uh, new counts of sexual assaults in the UK involve the usual suspect. Disgraced actor Kevin Spacey has been charged with four counts of sexual assault against three men in the United Kingdom. Spacey, 62, has also been charged with causing a person to engage in penetrative sexual activity without consent. According to British authorities, two alleged acts of sexual assault, which are said to have taken place in London in March of 2005, involving a victim now in his 40s, two acts of sexual assault that took place in August of 2008 involving a victim now in his 30s, and another act of sexual assault involving a third victim also now in his 30s, uh, the latest incident reportedly took place in Gloucestershire, Western England, in April of 2013. Spacey is currently scheduled to stand trial in October for his assault of Anthony Rapp, who was a minor at the time the incident took place. I don't even know what to say. I didn't even, I mean, and I thought the Ray Liotta thing came out of nowhere. Oh, wow. I guess, I mean, Kevin Spacey's career is over. Well, I mean, it's it's beyond over. I mean, and also like, you know. And not to make just of any right. sexual assault. I apologize. That's not what I was trying to do. But, you know. Right. Yeah, no, no, no. Not making fun of that at all. But just uh, also when you realize that if you just do the fast math, two, the second one, the two acts of sexual assault that took place in August of 2008 involving a victim that's now in his 30s. 
that you know so you go back that's 14 years that's somewhere around 16 ish i mean mm-hmm. 30s he could be 18 I mean, he could be older but it's just no he, he that, likes that, young. Oof. oh man yeah, it's I, and it's funny because uh, not funny it was interesting because you were talking about sexual allegations and i automatically thought of brian singer again yeah he's just nobody talks about him anymore either <laughs> well not not know what words of wisdom ralph I'm I'm speechless. Literally, I have no words to say. What can I say? What words? Harvey Weinstein. Oh, oh I, I guess not that either. <laughs> wow, I, I didn't realize we had cute words. Okay. Yeah. Well, what else you got there, Mike? Hopefully, right. something a little bit more uplifting. Well, finally, something less sad and creepy. Less sad. All right, get ready to throw your money away as Marvel, Funko, and Target join forces to release oh. exclusive lines of collectible figures. Marvel Studios Selects is the brand name of the collaboration, which will unveil a new exclusive collectible on the last Monday of every month, starting on May 30th. Each collectible will be inspired by Marvel Studios' most popular movies and television series, with many based on the heroes and villains featured throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Products will be available exclusively at Target, both in-store and online. Now, please join me in a moment of silence for longtime M22 guests and Funko Pop addicts, Troy and Joe the Intern. (laughs) As we listen to their panties drop in anticipation. <laughs> what was that called again? Marvel Selects? Uh, it's the uh, Marvel Studio Selects. Well, today's the 30th, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have to pause this podcast for a bit. <laughs> First off, um, I wouldn't say Troy's an addict, but he's got, he has um, addict tendencies when it comes to the pops. He, he's only committed to 10. That's actually pretty really? good. He only I swear 10. I saw him buy 10 at one time. Oh, no, 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 no. I'll say this. Uh, shout out to Troy. Um, he, he doesn't have more than 10. I know okay. that. Joe the Intern, on the other hand, shout out to Joe the Intern, has so many that he's starting to sell some off now. He's but, probably selling the Troy. <laughs> <laughs> but then even the worst one is, um, and I'm putting the business out there, but who cares? Um, Lady J, shout out to Lady J. Her son is about 21 years old, and he's got a pop addiction to the wow. point that she'll tell him, hey, you're buying pops? What are you doing with your money? Why are you buying pops? I bought you this limited edition one. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, you know you're enabling the problem, too. Ah, enablers. Where would addicts be without them? So that, but that's crazy. So so a, an exclusive Target Marvel Funko line, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know what to say about that, except I don't want to even know when it comes out because i actually do well, it came out today no but you know that. like when it's at target there's a target and it's like the last the monday of every month so, yeah, but the, yeah. yeah but the you problem is i mean you know, you know my target nothing lasts <laughs> that's what i'm saying nothing lasts but you can get it online too yeah, yeah nothing stopping you from starting your addiction nothing <laughs> is stopping you from spending money as i look at mike and and, and grouchily say is that all your quick news that is all my quick news so what is the horribly described movie that you put on the table for us to try to figure out the super easy horribly described movie all right here we go again believe it or not witness the miracle of birth where no one can hear you scream ralph do you want to go first or should i take this one you could take this one alien all right ralph what do you got yeah alien it could be Alien 2 for all you know. I, I thought that too. I <laughs> but love, it yeah. is Alien. And oh. the reason why it is Alien is because that's the tagline is in space. No, no one going to hear you scream. scream. Yeah. Yes. And what was the first part of the clue that made it so easy? Believe it or not. That's Ripley's. Oh, <laughs> See, okay. Well I helped done. you all out. Uh, see, it's kind of like when you, 
when you're known for not being able to solve puzzles, so then they give you the puzzle for dummies thing, and you're like, I can figure them out. You're like, wait, you're kind of talking down to me now. Oh, puzzles for <laughs> dummies are way too hard for you guys. <laughs> yeah, we need puzzles for imbeciles. Wow. So, Ralph, speaking of... <laughs> you couldn't read that word on that app. <laughs> well, it was, right, it was right under Snuffleupagus. It just said, puzzle for you. Snuffleupagus. That's what I said. No, you didn't say that. Snuffleupagus. Okay. Well, if you... Anyway, do you have any quick news, Ralph? No, I was going to talk about Ray Liotta, but, you know, Mike beat me to the punch. You, yeah, that's so unexpectedly quick news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, I guess, I guess, but on boom, right? I guess I'll do that. No, he probably had a boo coming. There, there we go. There right. we go. Oof, that, oh, you thought he had a boo coming? <laughs> that, that, that tech man. He, we haven't worked together in a while. This is weird. Yeah, I think it's it, the same board he uses there. No, on. but the timing's <laughs> off. You know, usually we're like, like now we got used to like the, the slight delay of, you know, of Zoom, but whatever. We're, we're here in the same place. So now we can't blame the, the delay on Cap for Zoom. Wait, really? Me with delays? Not you with the pregnant pauses? You know me. I'm always impregnating those pauses. Wow. that <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say to that. I can't. I can't say anything clever. It, it caught me off the guard. Um, let's stop telling corny jokes and get to what we're here for. To talk about the Marvel slash... Disney Plus series, Moon Knight. And with a synopsis, is a man who has loved Moon Knight more than anybody I've ever known. And this is a fact. <laughs> it is Mike, also known as MFG. Mike, I'm not lying. You're th- you loved Moon Knight. Yeah. You're one of th- yeah. I'm a huge Moon Knight fan. I don't know what everyone's problem is, but that's because they haven't read them. Anyway. All right. Anyway. Moon Knight is a superhero drama on the Disney Plus streaming service. It is the what number of TV series? Produced by Marvel. Oh, Studios? now you're testing? Come on. Come on. Come on. Is the number of it? Mm-hmm. Wait, it's the 12th? Wow. It is the <clears> sixth <throat> TV series oh, produced by Marvel Studios to share continuity with the MCU franchise. I said six. Yeah. The series was created by Jeremy Slater. The Moon Knight character is based on the Marvel Comics hero created by Doug Minch and Don Perlin, who first appeared in Werewolf by Night number 32 way back in August of 1975. Moon Knight has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 87% with an audience of 92% mm. and an IMDb weighted average of 75 out of 100. 75? Well, okay, interesting. Yeah, there's three, three very different numbers in there. Yes. All right, a little synopsis here. Oy vey! It's a battle of the mind as a Jewish mercenary and a Brit git fight for body dominance in the case of dissociative identity disorder gone superpowered. Mark Spector died, but thanks to a crotchety Egyptian god, he got over it. But along with the resurrection came another personality, the fundamentally, yeah, fundamentally inept <laughs> Stephen Grant. The two opposing personas battled each other while trying to stop an alligator-worshipping zealot from committing minority report on a global scale. If you're looking for a superhero series filled with unexpected spouses, talking hippos, surprise dress attire, and incredible fight sequences uh, that we never see, then Disney Plus has a show for you. And it is starring Oscar Isaac as Mark Spector, Moon Knight, and also as Stephen Grant, Moon Knight, and also as Jake Lockley. Uh, May Kalamwai as Layla Alfuli, also known as the Scarlet Scarab, which they never call her. Um, Kareem El-Hakim as the body, and Fred, uh, I'm sorry, F. Murray Abraham as the voice of Khan Shu. Ethan Hawke as Arthur Harrow. Antonia Salib as Tarouet. Uh, Fernanda Adrade as Wendy Spector. That was the mom. That bitch. Uh, Ray Lucas as Elias Spector, that was the dad. And Sophia Danu as the body, and Saba Mubarak as the voice of Amit. All right. So let's get talking about it, Moon Knight. But before we get into it, let's press that spoiler button that we've paid so much money for. 
Warning, the following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, piss off, you wanker. All right, and that spoiler warning was brought to you by the the crotchety Steve Francis of Stush Productions. Dance like a Stush Egyptian. Wow. (laughs) Stush. Hey, Stush. El Stush. (laughs) all right let's talk about this moon Knight series for a bit and would you guys say i'm gonna say off the bat would you say that from the people you spoke with about this series that i wouldn't say polarizing but would you say that people have very distinct opinions about it one way or another yes yeah pretty much oh yeah I, i can tell you that one of uh one of my friends saw the series nothing knew nothing about moon Knight, and is watching this thing and it's like I don't get it, right? Wow. So through the whole, all six. Watch all six. And it's like, I, I don't get it. What just happened? What am I watching? Am, am I on acid? Am I tripping right now? And then I had another friend, also didn't know anything about Moon Knight, saw it, and he's like, I fucking love this shit. Give me more. Why was there only six episodes? It, it has me at the edge of my seat on every episode. And I'm like, wow. All right. Two I very mean, different spectrums. But the weirdest part is, though, like with the first friend, though, it's just like, I understand if you, whether like it or not is one thing, but- the story itself wasn't that hard to follow. I mean, like, just as far as following a story, if you know nothing about it. That's what I um, said. But now, to clarify out to all of you listeners out there, all billions of listeners that they are. Yes. Billions yeah. would it be. Go billions, ahead. that's right. You're not special. Um, <laughs> all of the listeners out there, just to let you know, if you've never read Moon Knight, this is almost nothing like the Moon Knight in the comic. <laughs> and again, that's not either good or bad. I'm just letting you know that don't think, oh, I've watched this show. I know everything there is to know about Moon Knight in the comics nope. because you almost would know less than you would know about the Moon Knight in the comics. Just keep that in mind. Right. I'll, I'll say this. Um, the series is definitely very different than a lot of the other things, the other six or, 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 or all six Disney Plus connected Marvel series. This is very different from the, from the other ones, I feel. Yeah. I mean, well, it's also very different, if, if nothing else, because even though it is part of the shared universe, there's nothing to indicate that it is part of the shared universe. And right. that was sort of, um, I think, intentional, because and I, I think I was talking to people the other day or something like that, or maybe last week, that uh, as far as I had read, and I don't know if it's still holding true or whatnot, but like when, Mar- uh, when Oscar Isaac decided to do... Uh, agreed to do the series, he said that uh, he wasn't going to be handcuffed into anything. I and that wasn't that. a bad thing to Marvel. He just yeah. didn't want to be restricted. He didn't want to have to be, oh, you've got to now be in 30 different movies and da da da. da. So, um, as much as he's also been repeated um, to have said after this, he loved the whole experience and whatnot, but he is not obligated to do another Moon Knight nor appear as Moon Knight anywhere. So, I think that's why it doesn't feel as connected, even though it is part of the shared universe. But the weird part about it is also they've already renewed it for a second season. Well, that, that's a good thing. I mean, that means he's willing to do it. But again, that's, it's, I, I guess unless he now has a new contract where he will be under obligation, it's, it'll be you know play by play as he feels. Yeah. Let me ask you before we get into the actual meat and potatoes of this story. Um, do you feel like the fact that it was on its own by itself, even though it's connected to the Marvel Universe, like Mike said, there's no, there's no trace of it. In anything we see, no, no, no cameos, no, no real big Easter eggs. Does it make the story stand alone? I mean, if the story stands alone, and does it work for it? Like, I mean, does it work I, in that way because it stands alone? Well, I mean, I think I mean the story has problems. I mean, I, I love the series, uh, but it does have problems. But I mean, yes, it works as a standalone because it is a standalone. Um, but if they do decide to tell us, you know, if, even if it's just in passing, even if uh, if I, um, Oscar Isaac doesn't even ever appear in a movie or whatever, 
we have no idea when this takes place. Literally none. I have no idea if it's before, you know, the event in New York City. We, we have get, literally no idea when this event takes I place. I gave up trying to figure all, the, all, all that lineage out. So it's funny that you mentioned that because watching this, it, I just assume that this happened after the blip. But they never make any mention of it. That's what I'm saying. They don't talk about anything. So, they don't talk so, about blips or snaps or anything. Or right. even the Avengers or anything right, like right. that. They're not even just like, hey, you got a costume. Are you one of the Avengers? Like, there's nothing that tells you that when this occurs. See, I'm, I'm so conditioned with these shows that I just assumed that because they released it after, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that it happened right. after right. the blip. Right. But that's why, I, that, and that's kind of why I wanted to ask that question. Does it, you know, is it even better, the fact that it stands alone, because... Somebody who is new to Marvel or somebody that's new to, you know, watching these shows can enter in and not feel compelled to, oh, and I got to watch four other series that connect to this 100%. Series. I mean, this is definitely a standalone. You do not have to watch anything after or before. Yeah. I, you know, they, they they don't reference any of the movies that I can think of. I mean, does anyone can, um, now, say differently? Now I really want to rewatch the whole series and look out for like little tidbits to see if there's any hints or there's a couple of things here and there but it's really small i saw a video on it and they talked about things but it's not as, but like what like i can't remember off the top of my head uh, i saw it like right after i finished the series oh okay you know i, I watched that video because i was like saying hey what did i miss or maybe maybe i didn't you know pick up on it mm -hmm. but um, i'll have to watch it later but it's nothing really big it's nothing okay. like overt where you're like oh how could i have missed that right. it's something really slight Okay. There's a couple of things that are really slight, but um, there wasn't a big ass poster that said uh, "Survivors' guilt from the blip." Meeting today here. <laughs> it could have just been a poster that said "Morbius sucked." <laughs> um, oh man! No. Well, <laughs> oh man, that go. drummer must be on quaaludes. No, what happens is I'm switching between the Logic Pro and the soundboard, and then I keep switching. Forget he's taking that out of post. That's why he's explaining. And what I'm what I'm hearing is no, I leave it all in. We're all natural here, yeah. baby. What what I'm hearing is Ooh. excuse. <laughs> anyway, all right. I so, want to see you do my job. We did right? this already. That was episode seventy-nine. I, I, I failed miserably. Episode seventy-nine. All right. Yeah, it doesn't have that ring for a reason. <laughs> so, so let's talk about the main character, which is Oscar Isaac's, who plays, like Mike said, he plays. We well, we first meet Stephen Grant. Right. Then we, at some point, meet Mark Spector by the end of episode one, and then later on, we we, we kind of meet the third the third entity. Um, how did you guys feel? Oscar Isaacs handled the juggling of all three. Now, I know everybody here and people that don't know, Mike and Ralph will always talk about Orphan Black if you want to, how to play multiple characters as the same person, blah, 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 blah. How did he do? How did Oscar Isaacs do? I just wanted you to know that she's such an amazing actress. Guess who she's playing now? Who? She-Hulk. Okay. So, Ha. Okay, I'm not making fun ha, of her. I'm asking, but, but, but ha, I'm asking, ha, 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 without the reference to her, how did he hold up with playing three separate, even though we don't really get to see the third, we saw more Mark and Steven. And there's a reason why I ask. I would like to say that I feel he did a wonderful job okay. portraying these two to three different characters. Yeah. Okay, Mike? I, I, I do think he did a good job um, as far as separating them. I... Wasn't a big fan, even throughout the entire season. I wasn't a big fan of the Stephen Grant I was personality. To say that. <laughs> it was just a little bit too unreal. However, by the time we get to is it episode four, is that where when, we see? They're in the afterlife. Um, when we finally see about his yeah his episode four or five. It's, it's five. five. It's five. five. Is it five when we finally see he, what happened with he his, gets shot in, in four, four right? And then five is when we're in the afterlife. Right. 
Okay, I thought we saw something with the mother before then. But okay, um, then I guess it was... No. Okay. That, that's early six, I think. No, when we get through the whole thing with the mom? And, no, 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 that's five. That's five. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. Um, but it, it's there, you then at least you can now understand why... Stephen exists. No, not why Stephen exists. I mean, we, we do understand that. No, but why Stephen exists in the problem I have with him, which is, like I said, he's a little bit too much. And it's because he's literally there to not notice pain for the most part. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not talking about, like, Stephen's just a not gritty guy. Stephen literally does not notice pain for the most part. Like, you know, he can, he, you know, he can feel the rejection, but then he's glossed, it's just glossed over. He's there to compensate for bad crap. Yeah. And in that, it's like, okay, now I understand a little bit more about Stephen Grant's personality so that it bothered me more watching the show. But once we got there, I'm like, I can appreciate now what they were trying to write the character to be. That's why he's kind of annoyingly too, like, you know, oops, sorry, didn't mean to hit you. Or oops, you know, my bad. You know, like, it's in another movie without that kind of explanation. It's just stupid. And it's silly. It's, it's, you know, there's nothing worse than hearing, like, the quote unquote cowardly like character that keeps apologizing in the middle of a fight. That's just stupid. Nobody would do that in the middle of a fight. Right here though, there at least as much as it annoyed me, it was given a reason later. And it's like, okay, now I get it. His personality literally can't help, but to do that because that is what he's there for. Right. You know, that, that, and, that, and that's an interesting breakdown. Like you said, when, when they break it down in the further episodes and you find out more about Mark Spector, it, it, it all ties in. I'll say this. Um, I was waiting for somebody to say that the, the accent was annoying. It was. And he actually int- intentionally said that he chose an, an odd version of an English accent. It was kind of based on the Jewish community within London. Oh, wow. Or not, I'm not London, within England. But even he says he goes, it was a little bit over the top. Yeah. Intentionally. Because yeah. it was like slightly cockney. With like, uh, like uh, It was like two shades below Mary Poppins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like a, it was almost like he was a soccer hooligan slightly. Yeah, but a little bit more understandable. Okay, um, what was interesting is because I mean that stood out for me more because it, it, not that it was hard to follow him; it was just annoying to follow him. But then, I mean, I ended up you know you end up really liking Steve, you know, as the story progresses and as you you know him and Mark Spector fight for you know who's going to be in control, and then they lose control at some point. That's a whole another thing. Um, Wait, they're Missy Elliott and Sierra. Stop! Mike doesn't even know that reference. What are you doing? Uh-huh. There you go. Music <laughs> makes me lose control. Music, no? Yeah, I do, unfortunately. Wow. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we, um, being that we're talking about Moon Knight, we talked about um, Oscar Isaacs as the, the two main entities, and, and we didn't talk about Jake yet. What do we think about the look of Moon Knight? He kind of appears at the end of the first episode. He appears a couple of times throughout the series, which I'm waiting for somebody to say that that was a problem. But how did Moon Knight look? Or is in the cape version? I will let Mike... Handle this? Yes. Cause, okay, Mike. Because when he saw the trailer, or I think images for the suit, and he was like, the suit looks amazing. So I was like, I, I had to see this for myself. But. I, I would have responded earlier, but I had to pick up my panties off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really did like the suit. The only problem I had, of course, were the excessively glowing eyes. They weren't even just like white. They were excessively glowing. I got over it. I assume it's like kind of like I'm powered by the moon kind of a thing. Still not my favorite idea, but I mean, as far as the suit though goes, it was just beautiful. It was a beautiful um, rendition. It's, it's, you know, um, a bit more detailed than the comics. Yes. Um, which is usually just like, you know, over a smooth, like leathery looking white and stuff like that. I just thought they did a great job. Like they, they went for the mummy look, which he never had before, which then just, it, it, was it just ties like, in. When you see it, you go, of course. Why wasn't it always a mummy look? Right. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I just thought it'd be, and then the, uh, the removable, um, uh, the moon, crescent moon from his chest as a fighting weapon, that was just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. 
and it's like infinite because you could just yeah. throw as many as you wanted to. I, I really enjoyed the look of Mr. Knight. I was like, oh. It, Mr. Knight looked great. I mean, and, oh, and again, if you thought you you know anything about Moon Knight from watching this series, and I already told you you don't, you know even less than that about Mr. Knight. The, this Mr. Knight that you have here is, it's almost an exact opposite of the actual Mr. Knight. Yeah. Not the look, though, but the really? personality. Oh, really? Yeah, because Mr. Knight is, if you think of Moon Knight as the the hammer I mean, he's the fist of Khonshu, but like if you think of it as like a hammer, doesn't, I mean, he's smart, but you know, and clever. He is a detective as well. But like if you just think of him more as the hammer, then Mr. Knight is all the brain. Ah. So like he, he's more of a Sherlock Holmes. Like, so like it's Mark, it's another personality with Mark, but it's, it's literally all like, you know, he deduces and he's very smart. He can, you know, he can figure out like the Sherlock Holmes level of deduction. He still can fight, but he's just, it's much more brain and he's, got his own viciousness because mm-hmm. he'll like carve the symbol of the moon into your head with one. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. But, but again, all in all though, he's a very smooth character. Again, not, not herky jerky, not like, Hey, what's up about that? You know, like none of, none of that. He's a very, like I said, almost a complete opposite of the one that we saw. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was cool that his weapon of choice was the extra sticks. Right. Yeah. yeah. Those were the group. He goes, huh? wait, what's this? Right, yeah, and he's got the sticks in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny that you bring bring up action, Ralph, because we talk about, you know, Moon Knight and it's an action hero series, and you have Moon Knight in the in the cape and he's kicking the butt of this monster in the museum, and then he's you know, Mark Spector fights people, but we don't see a lot of it. They chose the they they made this stylistic choice of having him flash, you know, flash in and out, and obviously he's not awake for when he kicks ass. He just sees oh I'm sorry, Steve Grant or whoever's in control at the time, sees the, yeah, end of the, the end result. Did that work? So, all right. When, when I saw that in the first episode, when he uh, uh, wakes up, I guess, in some other country, and, and then he starts, like, driving the van or whatever, and he's running from those people. Um, at first, I was like, but I want to know what happens, mm-hmm. right? But then as the series progressed and, and it happens a few more times, I start to understand, like, the stylized choice that they, they went with. Right. Where you're like, you know how it happened. And of course, you would love to see what happened. But it adds a little bit more mystery to the fact of, of like the, the switch between the characters. It makes us feel like we're, we're also the main character. Right. You know, because we don't know what happened. But also, though, like uh, saves money. I know. That's, that was the next. <laughs> Lots thing. of money. That was the next <laughs> thing. Because now you could like explain like the at, I'm going to jump ahead. But like, the, the last surprise, the last scene with Haro where they where they gets taken down. Like mm-hmm. you don't know how he gets taken down. All you see is the carnage. Right. So just just thinking like budget wise, you're like, all right, so we just move this over here. We move this over here. Boom, boom, boom. But And, and that takes two minutes. There we go. We're but, done. But does anybody want to, uh, with, it's a theory of mine. This is nothing I've read. Go for it. That, but you want me to blow your mind with a theory? Go ahead. Oh boy. Here we go. All right. Stephen Grant, we see because he's our, he's normally our focal guy until Mark Spector finally takes over. Right. But when Mark Spector takes over, what do we see? We see the fights. We see him kicking ass. Yeah. All those blackouts are Jake Lockley. Yeah. That's what I think. I think we've always seen Jake Lockley. Yeah. But that's because that's the literal blackout. So, that's, that's why we're okay, not no, seeing no, yeah, Mark yeah, yeah. and that's why we're that. not I seeing Steven that. fight. Yeah. We're seeing something that... Especially that, at the end that, where they say, well, oh, yeah. Well, especially the end confirms... Well, I'm sorry, confirms at least from my theory because it's like when they're like, I didn't do that and you didn't do that, then also now, so now go backwards. All those blackouts had to be Jake and they were all very violent takedowns. Yeah. If, you, um, if you rewatch the series, you'll notice the hints of Jake. Whenever there's a reflection, 
is always usually three, right? Right. If you remember at the end of the second episode when they're in Cairo and you see um, one of, uh, you see, I'm, I'm assuming is Mark looking into the mirror, right? Mm-hmm. And you, what, what they're panning to is actually the reflection, right? And you see Jake on the floor drinking. Right. That's Jake. And then, and then Steven's in the back, like shivering, like, I don't know what the fuck just happened. Yeah. Mm, wow. But I got to watch this. There's always been hints. And then when in the, in episode one, when he goes to the bathroom that he's being chased by the jackal. Right, and there's a, there's, he's in the bathroom with the, with the, with the mirrors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's three reflections. There. Right. Uh, two, well, there's two reflections in him. So there's three of them there. It's right. always, it's, it's been hinted mm, from okay. the beginning. Yeah. All right. I mean, those of us that are Moon Knight fans, um, you know, we all knew that was coming. I mean, yeah. not, again, not the way it was coming because just real fast, uh, you know, a uh, little information. In Please. Moon Knight, he initially, you could say he had a, a little bit of DID um, as far as a dissociative identity disorder. You could say that, but his initial thing was more that these were just personas that allowed him to do work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Stephen Grant was a financial uh, whiz. Um, he was like the, you know. the Bruce Wayne playboy. Right, exactly. And which is where they had the money to afford all of their equipment and stuff like that because he has gadgets and whatnot. Now, uh, yeah, uh, all the mystical stuff take out of everything you've seen in this. There was no mystical element except for the fact that Mark believed he had been saved by Khonshu. It was always actually for quite a while. It was just like people just thought, well, that's nice that you believe that, but you just happened to survive being killed. You know, it wasn't until later, another series that we actually started to see, oh, Khonshu is real but then even that became a question of whether that was also just in his mind yeah but anyhow so that um and then jake lockley was just a cab driver that he used this so he can get around town without being noticed it's his you know? man of the people right persona right. and of course mark's uh you know um mark specter of course was the mercenary so he had the connections for weaponry and stuff like that and, and blah, blah 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 so you know very different than what we got here yeah I, I, it's interesting because um to, to to watch how they tied everything in Mike says the mysticism wasn't in the comic book as much. It feels like it makes a little bit more sense, you know, the way they tied it into to the series. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, of the mysticism, Khonshu, how did you guys feel about it? And I'll give my personal take. I like Khonshu's voice. I like his kind of, you know, his, his sarcasm and his willingness to get stuff done and get his hands dirty. I'm going to sound like Mike, or early Mike, Mike from episode five, six, seven for, for two seconds, where we talk about, you know, you, you want your heroes to be, you know, of a certain moral and value code. I've never seen, or at least I can't remember a hero where the boss of the hero, put boss in quotes, um, was a little corrupt, a little bit dirty, a little bit, maybe outside of maybe like the Punisher and something else in that world, but you think about Commissioner Gordon and Batman. You think about you know all these other people, then, then and you, you have Kanshu who's like you need to be Doom Patrol and the Chief. He was an ass. Oh well, that, well that's the exception. That's <laughs> definitely true. But how did you guys feel about Kanshu? You know, I mean, not only the look, but just you know him giving Steve, aka Mark, these orders, and they're kind of cold and heartless. No, oh, uh, for me, I. Well, I mean, I've seen him before. So, I mean, I, I like the look of Khonshu. Um, yeah. I like the, the the bird skeleton kind of look and whatnot. But um, I also know that he's he's an ass. He's an ass in the comments. Like, he, you know, like he's he's very unpleasant. At, at, at his nicest, he's unpleasant. <laughs> you know, at his worst, he almost seems like he's actually the villain sometimes when... But at the same time, he really is looking out for Mark. It's really... It's it's like... There's not even tough love. It's like... Like abusive call the cops. He almost murdered me. Love. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, it's, it, yeah, Kanshu is just he's his own he's his own problem because he's he himself is like a petulant child, you know. Um, even in the comics, but again, seeing him here, he's very much so. 
Um, so that, you know, it's kind of cool because you see that, that his avatar is very reflective of that. And in the comics, it's actually kind of believed that some, sometimes it's, it's said that his personalities are actually reflective of Kanshu. Because Kanshu is, I, I forget, like, like he's, I know he's like a protector, he's, uh, he's vengeance, he's also like, I forget, I forget, I can't think of the name of the face I'll have to look about, but uh, he's got like four different face uh, facets as it is. Wow. So if you think about that as one being him, like what we normally see, and then three of them being Mark Spector's personalities, it would also kind of all make sense, you know. Ralph? Um, I quite enjoyed the look of Kanchu. Yes. Just, just the simple fact also of like the, the, like the skeleton look kind of shows like his sort of like depowered, uh, state. The fact that he's not as powerful as he would have been back in the old Egyptian days, mm-hmm. that it's, it's just a skeleton left. Um, but the fact that, uh, even at the, at the end when he's fighting, uh, um, Amit, that he's kicking ass yeah. for a while until she gets him down in the corner. But like he was holding up his own, yeah. you know, um, the, the way that he talked to Steven is just hilarious. He's cause when, when he shows up and he's like, Oh no, the idiot's back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just, like I, said, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed, I just, I guess it's weird to have a hero with the person in charge being such a dick. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it had me rolling, but it's, it's also like, he sort of gave off a sort of like greater good um, mentality where it's like the ends justify the means because we're doing this for the greater good. We're protecting the world from all these bad people. So if we have to kill a few hundred people to save a few million, then so be it. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of like. And also, if I have to push you to dying yeah. in order for that to happen, that's fine, too. It, yeah. it, it, the fact that he tricked Mark into thinking that he was going to take Layla as an avatar just to keep him along. Mm-hmm. You know that that that's some like deep underhanded shit. Uh, yeah. That's my point. Like this is a, how underhanded he is just to get what he has to get done. It's yeah. like and, wow. And, well, and, we even see by the end when yeah. he agreed to let them free. Yeah. It's but, like oh yeah, you can go. But because Jake, now I'm back. But because Jake didn't agree as well, right. and he's part of. The and person. also the fact that they don't know that Jake existed. Exactly. So because he still agrees, they're still avatars of Kanchu. Right. I mean, there are things that definitely. I mean, well, that with the Jake Lockley thing. Um, the only problem I had with that was it's like, your name is Jake Lockley. The Spanish accent, nah, not coming in here. Because <laughs> someone else was like, oh. no, he was Irish accent. I'm like, no, no, no. You just assumed because of his name. I'm like, no, it was Spanish accent. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> you know? In the comics, he was Irish, right? He was an well, Irish I mean, personality because he was, he was an Irish cabbie. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was about to say whether it's called a personality or just it was just a persona that persona. he put on. But yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so that was just weird. I'm like, okay, but I think uh, what is it? Oscar, he just really enjoyed just going into voices and stuff like that to differentiate them. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's funny we talk about we talked a lot about about Steve Grant and Mark Spector, but we haven't talked about some of the villains. And one of the villains was Ethan Hawke, who played oh um, Arthur Arthur Harrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who haven't watched the series, you know um, Harrow basically, like Mike said in the synopsis. Minority reports in a minority report type of style judges people for what they're going to do in the future and then takes their soul and feeds it to Amit, right? Is that yeah, that sounds good enough. Kind of the way you do it. How did you guys feel about this being your big bad? Now, mind you, we don't see really, we don't really see Amit until like five, episode five. Yeah, right. You know, like he seems kind of subdued. I mean, he had a lot of power, obviously, but how do we feel about this kind of villain? So off the bat 
I could not believe that Haro was an avatar of Kanchu. It, it just didn't seem like, I'm like. So I wait, worked out a lot more then. So I'm like, wait, Kanchu chose you. He, you. The, the guy with glass in his slippers because he's suffering for his, what he's done before. Uh, you, I mean, you honestly, maybe you worked out at some point, but. You? Okay. I mean, this this version though, the Kanchu um, promotes the almost an invulnerability for the most part, as we saw. Uh, yeah. So that's there's that. But at the same time, you know, we we don't we don't know if it's literally like Harrow then Mark Spector. We just know that at some point, yeah, he was you know. So that this could be many years later, and where he's realized like I messed up a lot, you screwed me over, and now I'm finding someone else to follow. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he also seemed like that sort of like like uh like that bratty child who was raised very strictly and is now rebelling against his father. Because mm. he's like, can't you, I hate you for what you made me do. Right. You made me do all these things, these bad people. Uh, I really hate you. So to spite you, I'm going to just kill more people. <laughs> no, but his argument was, can't you only went after the people after they committed horrible acts. He was stopping them from doing horrible acts. Which, as a, as a, as a base philosophy for a villain, I'm, I'm on board with. It's it's a good starting point for uh, for villainy. It's a Thanos, um, and I and, and just meeting, yeah, exactly. It's very much like Thanos in a way. Um, you know, you're you're you've got a solution that looks really good on paper, but does not hold up at all under any kind of observation by a sane person. Um, but that just sounds like genocide, my friend. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But listen, it's random. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> genocide, but it's just random. Um, but I, I really liked the introduction of Harrow. Like you know. Um, I just don't think he was strong enough, or the way that the, the the piece that we saw of him, not just um, of the character stuff, but like I guess the fact that he wasn't in a lot of the episodes, or, or like uh, we didn't see a lot of him in a lot of the episodes. Yeah, I just didn't feel him as threatening. So the threat didn't. It, we knew the threat was there. We didn't know what because we also didn't know why they wanted Ahmed's tomb. Like so, we don't know right. what it was. So we were very unclear on what was going to happen. We knew he had this power, but we didn't know that like you know that the big secret was that like Ahmed herself was going to judge the world you know right. um i i feel that because we didn't know what the, the the cost was going to be in finding the tomb and also the fact that we didn't see a lot of harrow his villainy didn't seem to be as impressive and, and i think that's probably the word for it. It, it, it it seemed like a very not that he was playing jane but in comparison to showing me moon knight and how he transforms, mm -hmm. and how he fought that monster. You know, like you, you're expecting a little bit more from your villain, right. and you're like, oh, it's, it's a guy with a with a freaking tattoo of a scale and a cane and a cane, and, and these these halfway skinny vegan looking people. Shout out to vegans, <laughs> looking all skinny. They didn't feel like a threat. Yeah. They respond back with their too weak. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, that cane it grows bigger once uh, it was happy. Yeah. That, wow. Yeah. That was inappropriate. <laughs> they called it the Big Daddy King. Oh, but, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I thought I had the daddy jokes. Okay. <laughs> but that, I think that was my issue with um, Ethan Hawke. Now, when you add Amit, did it make him more formidable? Because Ethan Hawke, the way he looked, and kind of Mike said he was very unimpressive. But when you connect him to Amit, did that feel a little bit more imposing or did it feel kind of rushed? For me, it felt a little rushed. I like Kaiju like the next person. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow this humongous crocodile woman just felt a bit out of place. Yeah. It also felt out of place with a giant, you know, uh, dead bird skull conchu as well. It was a cool visual, and I could definitely see someone that put that on the storyboard. I'm like, yeah. If I saw that on the storyboard, I'm like, yeah. 
And then when you showed me clips, I'd be like, mm, uh, oh. <laughs> maybe if you just show pictures of it. <laughs> draft. This is a draft, right? This is a draft. I hope it is. So I was a little confused with that fight where in I, be, I thought that Kanchu was only visible to Mark, right? But then when he's fighting uh, Ahmet, they're both visible to everybody, apparently. Well, I think it's just their power. I, I, I think he can be only visible to Mark. Again, we're going by what the story is trying to tell us. And the story didn't tell us very much one way or the other. But yes, I assume the same thing, too. So when they saw that, I'm thinking, well, maybe this is them, like, you know, full extending their powers. They're now visible to the world, which would be, of course, how we even knew what they looked like to begin with. Yeah. Like how all these statues and carvings were made of them, you know. Speaking of powers, it was very impressive when he was turning back the night sky. That yeah, was that, was, of, that, was that was cool to watch. One of the most beautiful scenes yeah. that they we see them. Just just to see, I wish I had taken a screenshot of of, uh, of Kanchu and and and, uh, and Steven just They're working in tandem. Yeah, mm-hmm. putting their, their their hands up and then moving the sky. That was just no. Cool. It was it was really beautiful. Uh, again, anybody expecting to see that in the Moon Knight comic? Stop expecting. <laughs> just, <laughs> just stop that right now. Um, I am masters of the sky. I can move, uh, turn back the night sky. But the the thing that I really liked. And, and also simultaneously disliked about that entire scene was, like I said, it was beautiful the way it was shot. Um, but what I liked was the fact that people around the town were like, what the fuck's going yeah. on in the sky? <laughs> However, you also realize, let's expand that. That would be happening around the world. Yes. There would be global panic. Yeah. <laughs> there, there wouldn't just be like, hmm, <laughs> that's unusual for the sky to be, you know, Going what seems to be not only rapidly forward or backwards, I can't tell, but it's going through night, day, night, day, night, day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, I'm a little bit more worried at this point. Um, <laughs> and even if you try and put the timeline up to, well, you know, earthlings are expecting weird things. They've lived through. I've already had to deal with the celestial <laughs> showing up. <laughs> like now I'm seeing the sky go to night and day for how many thousands of years it went through? Yep. Not feeling good at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that one guy who, who's like had one too many drinks and is just stumbling home and then he, he looks up at the sky and it's just changing and he just goes, fuck, what did I drink? Never again. <laughs> right? So for that one guy, he's actually a good thing. Right. But also, by the way, we never saw this guy get put back. It so, is true. So, oh, yeah. so, so, so the entire planetary universe, because that's the other thing too. You're not... If you want to think about it, I mean, which is also a beautiful thing, think about the scale of that power. He's not changing a visual projection on the Earth. He's literally moving all the planets in the entire galaxy. Yeah. The entire galaxy. Let me phase that again. And the Earth. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah the right. Think about that. That makes Scarlet Witch look like she couldn't do a card trick. Yeah. <laughs> like, think about the level of power that would take, you know. So uh, what, what actually happened was um, at, at the very end, he just pressed Control Z. I guess he did. <laughs> you know, guys, we are talking about all this stuff, and we didn't address the um, the, the elephant in the room or the hippo in the room. Oh, we, we haven't even gotten back to Layla. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I mean, not that, and not that Layla is something to skip over, but I just feel like what. Actually, let's talk about Layla for a second because what I was going to talk about something a little bit bigger than Layla. How did we feel about Layla's inclusion? I mean, because you don't really have a really big supporting cast. You don't have right. a, a lot of people, unless you count the statue guy at the fountain, you know, <laughs> and the waiter that told him, hey, you know, your dinner was like, you know, three days ago. What the hell happened? All right. Um, the Scarlet Scarab. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not until later. How are we okay with, are we okay with Mark Spector's wife being included and being 
what's his name? Short round to his Indiana Jones. Great, <laughs> um, bro. Indy, Indy. Um, I thought that uh, she was a very good addition to the show. Yeah. Um, I mean, you barely see her in it, though. That's the thing. That's like, well, you see her. She's just. It's mostly at the end, but but even when we see her, that I mean, I, I liked her. She replaced Marlene, who's actually Mark's wife. Yeah. Um, she replaced the woman in the comic for someone else. I guess they wanted to be more, keep more of a more of Egyptian feel and stuff like that, which I understand. I have no problem with that because she's not that important otherwise either in the comic. Um, I didn't like though that very often she was the competent of all three, and by all three, yeah. I mean the two personalities plus her. Yeah. That got a little old. I mean, they didn't go super like you know, I'm a woman, I'm in charge, and you know, your guys are stupid. I mean, they didn't go super that way. But it was still just a little bit more like, uh, you know, could have pulled that back a bit. I did like the fact that they didn't make her like Black Widow level, like fighting skill or anything like that. Like she was much more grounded, much more um, street fighter reactive, more so than like, you know, I'm attacking super spy. I've been trained for years or something like that. No, she's like, she can protect herself. She can handle herself. But but, but she's not like MI6 or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And and are we happy with the fact that you take one of the only cold stars you have and make them into another superhero? Yeah, it was interesting because we don't know if she's gonna stay. Because Didn't she kind of say that she was gonna. The, the, she's bit now the avatar of of, of um, uh, Tarawitz. They never say afterwards because she does when the when the girl asks her, "Are you an Egyptian superhero?" She does say yes, right, right, but she doesn't. It, it doesn't mean that she's gonna stay an Egyptian right. superhero. Also, the agreement was only until after they reseal Ahmet, right, right. That that was the yeah, agreement. So we don't know if. If she's going to be in season two right. as the Scarlet Scarab, right. yeah. and we also don't know if Tarawood is just as much of an ass as all the other Egyptian guys, yeah. because she might be like, yeah, but you know, you're really good. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> hey, I really need an avatar, and you're not going to be hunting people or anything like that. You're just gonna, you know, do what you want. Yeah, well, she's a protector. I mean, that's yeah. what uh, Tarawood is—the protector. Yeah. Now I'm glad we we brought up the big hippo in the room. You see how the segues work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about it. And for those who don't know. Episode four and five, especially when you speak to people about the Moon Knight series, everybody always uses that as a focal point for any kind of uh, any kind of displeasure or any kind of like, I don't like the series, especially at four and five and four or five for for those who haven't seen, you know, goes into the fact that um, that Steve, a.k.a. Mark is shot by Harrow and then he wakes up in this asylum. And then the, um, from the end of four and all of five, it's about, it feels very, um, what's the word, the, the movie I'm looking for? Um, Vanilla Sky? No, not Vanilla Sky. I've never seen Vanilla Sky. Wow. Don't watch it. Okay, thanks. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it's very in your head, you know, he's in the asylum, but then he opens doors and it's all these different, you know, it, it's basically happening in his mind. Well, this is just our time to get backstory. Right. But but how did we feel about it? Because some people were, I wasn't confused. Some people were confused, which I'm like, okay, we've seen this other shows before. Yeah. So, uh, being a uh, very well knowledge person on Egyptian, uh, I guess, culture and, and history, I knew that there was going to be a sort of afterlife journey for for him when he gets shot. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that, I'm like, oh yeah, he's he's in the afterlife. It's, right. it's his version of the afterlife is his his path his trial that he has to go through in some versions of the afterlife, they have to travel this long road to get to the final 
gate where their heart is weighed against the feather mm-hmm. to determine if it's lighter than the feather and then they have no regrets and they're able to pass on to the afterlife. So I knew this was going to happen. But doing it this way was just a great way to give us more exposition on, on him right. because he's, he has to search his mind and, and find what's weighing him down. Well, it's not just weighing him down. It's to combine their hearts together, yeah. right? Um, but also, like, I don't know if you noticed. So this was another hint of that Jake was around. So when they're going through the rooms, you see another sarcophagus. A third sarcophagus. Mm-hmm. Being like, let me out, let me right. out. That was Jake. Right. The whole time. He was there. Yeah. He's <laughs> the always time. been there, you know. Um, but I enjoyed um, I, I enjoyed their time in the Duat, um, which was the which the, the Egyptian land of the under uh, of, the, of the dead. Um, I, I, I I thought that the introduction of Tarawit was funny. Um, mm-hmm. And I, ah. I thought at first it was going to be worse you know, because, you know, at the introduction, you see this giant hippo woman and stuff like that. And she's like, hi. <laughs> you know, after they're <laughs> screaming their heads off. But I mean, no, she was endearing. She, you know, she, I think, was a good balance considering that they were in the afterlife, stuff like that. Um, All the other gods were dicks. Go ahead. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Um, for some reason, in my mind, I was expecting to hear the voice of Taika Watiti when she spoke. Oh, really? I don't know why. <laughs> I, I just have this, like, this thing where, like, if I see a Marvel character... Who looks like they would be big and imposing to hear Taika Waititi's voice come out of it? Well, get over that. <laughs> yeah, I have to. Um, I did think it was interesting um, the fact that so Stephen kind of dies right because mm-hmm. he gets stuck in the in the sand. If you remember to the first episode, they kind of foreshadowed it. Right. Um, there was a little girl who he was talking to, right, and he's talking about the land of the dead and how like when the souls get in the sand that they um, turn to salt and they stay there, right? And then she asked him, well, how did it feel to die to, to Stephen? And he's like, oh, what are you talking about? Right. So they foreshadowed it right there, the fact oh, that wow. he was going to die. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because that was that weird question where you're like, where's that going to go? Yeah. And who are you, lady? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So maybe that little girl, I think there was a, something where they were talking about that that little girl is also some sort of character or like a, an, an avatar for a god. That can see the future or something. Very possible. Yeah, definitely very possible. It also could be another personality, Stephen Grant, for all we know. Yeah. Who knows? You know. Um, it's like I said, they, they have a lot of places to go. But I, I did like that episode, like I said. Though, uh, sorry. If the little girl is a personality of Stephen, of, 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 of Mark, I would not like to see what the, the suit would look like in control of that personality. <laughs> just like a little tutu or something with like the legs. I don't know. Draw it for us. I would love to see that. <laughs> I'll work on it right now. There you go. Um, I, say, I, I like the episode. I, I liked, um, you know, like I said, finally getting an answer to, you know, mysteries about what Mark's life was like and stuff like that. I thought that was really good. Um, I mean, you just, and also the fact that, like, you know, we, we finally learned that Mark is the actual person. It's not right. Stephen, um, yeah. which was very important. And the fact that, like, you know, he lived through hell and his mom, oh my gosh, she was horrible. I mean, we know that that happens in the real world, but. She was horrible, but to, to also see how Stephen literally did not see any of that, which just showed what he was there for. Like I said, like I said earlier, I just want to say that father is a little bitch. Like, how could you not stand up to your wife who's beating your son? Yeah. You just you just go and say, oh, she's going through a rough time. No, get her some help, man. Like, what the hell? She's beating your son. You know she's beating your son. Yeah. But you get people that you know. I mean, you know, you never know what's going on. It's you know, he thinks that he's doing right by her, right. you know, um, and keeping this out of the, the the streets and the knowledge. And, you know, there's just so yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, that. also remember with, with, with a dysfunctional family, kind of what Mike's alluding to, um, 
rationale is kind of skewed. So in their rationale, they're like, well, at least, you know, it's his mom, you know, doing it versus somebody else hurting him. There's so many different ways that people and, view and it. And again, this is not casting any aspersions by any Absolutely means not. on the community. But like this also, remember, it's a Jewish community. Yeah. And they tend to be a little right. bit more closed, closed yeah. you know, at least than at least how we perceive them. You know, and usually how we see storytelling being told, whether or not that's factual, I can't say. But so there's a lot of that. So there's a lot of the stigma probably attached to, you know, your wife is abusing and blah, blah, blah. And also based based on the clothing and the, like the the cars around, we can estimate that it's around like the 70s. Right, and that's when this definitely, point. yeah. That's definitely therapy is not really a big thing around that right. time. Yeah, it's not like what we have now where we have a lot available to us. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you, because Mike kind of touched it, touched about it, touched on it about the ending, you know, that um, we don't see Harrow being defeated by Mark. Yeah. You know, we just kind of see him, you know, reaching his demise. What what did you think of the ending? Was the ending anticlimactic? Even though you have the the um the post credit, you know, the the end end yeah. where you see, you know, um Lockley out, but what about the end itself? Um which you mean like them sealing up uh inside Harrow? That yeah. That end or Yeah, that end, yeah. Um so the fact that we didn't get to see how Harrow got taken down and that was just another hint because Mark and Steven are like, that wasn't you? That wasn't you? No. Like, well, then what happened? And then even Layla's like, who, what was that? You know, that was like a little bit, okay, now you're, you're hinting more at Jake. Okay, sure. Whatever. Um, but you gotta have a good resolution with them sealing away. I meant in Harrow, you know, that's, that was just where it was going to go. I felt that worked fine. I honestly, um, had hoped that they wouldn't have killed Harold off. You know, just to have it like in the in the background, have him come back and be like, uh, like part two, here we go. Like we're gonna try this again, but like even meaner and badder. But in a in a sense, I kind of also am happy that we're not gonna see him again because <laughs> it, it was yeah. it, it was just not a good character. Yeah, I was about to say like I, I I well I'm not a big fan on round twos yeah. in general, um, especially when you have time to deal with a, a, a character. But uh, same thing. I mean, you know, him being sealed with uh, Ahmed inside, that's fine. That that just kind of makes sense to the story we were being told. Yeah. But I don't need to see him in a round two. And it's, you know, it's not an effect on uh, Ethan Hawke because I think he's a good actor. I really like Ethan Hawke. But it's, it's just, it's just the character. character. And like, and no matter what they do to the character, it's like what they, if they change it so dramatically, you're like, well, then just make another character if that's the case. Uh, other than that, you're just going to give me the same character that's just kind of more powerful i mean you know what it's just not going to work um so just move on to another chapter and, and let's just see where this goes it just makes you wonder though like it um can the egyptian gods be defeated so easily the fact that they just have to be trapped inside a, a human body and then kill the human body and then then the egyptian god is dead well i don't think the egyptian god died i, I yeah, think no that's what they said well yeah i'm saying i don't i don't think though that that's going to be the answer because i mean that seems weird i mean again they could be saying that but they say a lot of things in the movies and they then, said you, you know. destroy to destroy a met you have to also destroy Harrow once he was inside the body that's remember because that's right. where Layla stops him he's like no don't do this you don't have to do whatever blah, 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 blah. and then he's like all right you'll just keep on living inside that body until you, you're right. I guess what I'm saying it'll be interesting to see whether or not. I mean, because goodness knows we have a god butcher coming up pretty soon. Right, I, was, I was about to mention that as well. <laughs> yeah. um, I, f I really felt like it was anticlimactic. I felt like the um, not the anticlimactic, but I, f I felt like I wanted more from my finale, and it didn't give me that. Right. And and part of it is the you know having the whole thing of you're dealing with a superhero a superhero film that should be a little bit more action. You should watch 
you know, like Ralph mentioned, how Harrow and, and, and Mark, you know, duke it out and how he gets the upper hand. You don't get that. It kind of leaves you with an empty feeling. Oh, and they won? It's right. like falling asleep through through a climax, which I've done before in a movie. Yes. So right. I, I know that that's definitely what my issue was with it. But, that, I mean, they added the tail end, and that was good enough for me mm-hmm. to make it a little bit better. Anything we want to mention before we go into renaming and ratings? So... I just thought it was awesome to see Concho in that suit. He looks. Oh, Concho, so he was smoking. Yeah, he's just like. I was like, uh oh, this guy is the fucking Godfather. Fuck the, the <laughs> God of the Moon. He's the Godfather. Oh, when he got into the uh, the back of that limo and, and Concho was back there, uh, you know, Concho should have been like, before I fuck you over, <laughs> don't I look damn good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now back to fucking you over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so I guess we can go into renaming. All right. Renaming the movie. Should I go first, Ralph? Yeah, and it's a TV cool. series, too. I'm sorry, TV series. Sorry. I'm so used to the movie. Sorry. <clears throat> Let's do it again. Renaming the, renaming the series. I'll go first. Moon Knight. Guess which voice in my head is murderous? Ralph? <laughs> Three men and a little birdie. Right. <laughs> little birdie? Is that kind of like Tiny Tim? Not Tiny Tim, but anytime you call somebody Big Tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Mike? Uh, for Moon Knight, I decided to rename it. Gesundheit. <laughs> Avatar of Kanshu. Got allergies and sniffles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a good one. All right. Ratings for Moon Knight. Ralph. I give Moon Knight eight um God damn it. Eight uh hearts that we can share out of ten. Ooh. All right. I'm gonna give it eight and a half really bad British accents. Out of 10. Mike? I get it at eight and a half. Oh, the idiot's in control. Out of 10. That sounds like you who says that. That would be. That would be you. I love it. So there you are. So, I'm sorry, what was that? I was going to say um, uh, Abraham Murray. Where is it? F. Abraham Murray. F. Abraham F. Murray. F. Murray Abraham, sorry. F. Murray Abraham. Yeah. Better watch out. He got some competition with Mike right there. Yeah. Damn right. I'm, I'm gunning for him. Like, half price. <laughs> what you got to lose? <laughs> I'll do it for free. Oh, boy. No, so, I want my money. So there you have it. Moon Knight on Disney+. Plus. Listen to all the voices in your head and then watch it. But guys and gals, don't go anywhere. Rocket Review is next. Sexist. Hi, I'm MFG, and this is my two-minute Rocket Review of the Pixar animated feature film, Luca. Time to kick off your stress and let the kitties play outside. Now, while this is an animated adventure for children to enjoy, honestly, it's a film for adults to appreciate. Told from the point of view of two adolescent boys who happen to be sea monsters in the water, but look like humans on dry land, the film takes place in the small Italian town of Portoroso in the 1950s. Young Luca yearns to discover the world above his simple ocean dwellings. One day, after meeting Alberto, a slightly older, troublemaking sea monster who has been abandoned by his father, Luca decides to run away from home and join his new friend in discovering the thrills of dry land. After befriending a young girl named Julia, the trio enter a triathlon to win money for a Vespa, which is something the boys want to use to travel the world. Luca and Alberto are allowed to live in a treehouse owned by Julia's father. Through trials and mishaps, the boys learn about the complicated bonds of love and friendship that the world is bigger than their dreams, and what really makes a family. Luca harkens viewers back to the halcyon days of youth and self-discovery, 
when common sense wasn't common. Adventure could be found in the smallest moment, and you and your best friend were the center of your amazing shared universe. The film plays heavy on themes of diversity, acceptance, and inclusion. The sea monsters serve as a metaphor for feeling different or being an outsider, which allows the audience to bring their own identities to the storytelling. But in the end, Luca teaches that only when accepting yourself and allowing others to accept you for who you are, will you truly be able to grow to be your best self. I give Pixar's Luca an emotionally moving 9 out of 10. I'm MFG, and that's my two-minute rocket review. Geeks on the go. Now with more personalities. <laughs> oh, I already I have hope it's better person- than the ones we have. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, did you feel that blackout that you had a moment ago? No. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> that was the whole podcast. Every, every time I, I, I don't remember a blackout, I assume I had one. Oh. <laughs> all right, it's everybody. All right, all right. You know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek, and we make it under a minute. I would say within the past 20 episodes, it's been 50-50. I think Ralph's been holding back. That's just my take. Well, it's not because there's a gun to my head. Please help me. There's a gun to my head. <laughs> well, let, well, let's see. Let's see how well Ralph does now. And notice how Mike doesn't get the blame yet. Ready, set, go. Is Moon Knight better served as a solo hero, not connected to the rest of the MCU? Mike. No, Moon Knight can be connected. It just doesn't need to join the team. Hmm. Interesting about the team thing, Ralph. I can say he can work both ways, but I would really love to see him connected with the rest of the universe. I think a lot of people would as well. Um, Do you think Doctor Doom deserves a solo film like Fox had planned back when they had him years ago? Ralph. Not if they have the guy who directed the Fantastic Four with Michael B. Jordan. Oh, Trank. Yeah. Yeah. Not that guy. (laughs) Not that guy. Not that guy. Okay. All right, Mike. I love a maniacal dictator as much as the next peasant, but uh, Doom is best as an FF movie villain. (laughs) As the next peasant, fill in the blank. In my opinion, the Ms. Marvel series on Disney Plus will be blank. Ralph. Interesting to see. I can't wait to see it. I really want to see it. When is it out? Can I see it now? Please give me more. Wow, you really trying. Mike. Uh, it, oh my God! Well, I, I, I don't know why you allowed him to keep going. <laughs> to, to me, you're enabling him. It's not him. I'm it's not you. enabling anything. Mike. So, what is the question? Um, Excuse me. Fill in the blank. In my opinion, the the Ms. Marvel series will be blank. Better than Naomi because everything can be. Oh my God! Yes. Wow. Yeah. I, I finally finished that. We still have to do the rest of the episodes, but just letting you know, it's not going to go that well. Are you serious? <laughs> I, I haven't seen it yet. I still need to see the last three episodes. Mm. I'm 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 dreading. Mm. I'm dreading. It. Wow. Okay. That's a that's a preview for one of our next shows coming up. Interesting. Okay. Shout outs. Anybody with shout outs? Mike and Ralph, what are your shout outs? I would like to shout out you two great people. I am glad to do this every time that we do it. And this time that we're in person, it's even so much better. I agree, bro. I agree. <laughs> so touching. I thought that was laughter. That's just me touching you. Oh, that Ew, this just got worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to shout out to everybody that turned down working on Naomi. Good choice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've got career moves ahead of you. <laughs> um, no, just to shout out all the usuals. It's, it's, you know, spring is fully in, in, in bloom here. Uh, a little bit too much spring. Actually, we're in the summer right now, it feels like. 
Uh, but definitely working with these guys in person is fantastic. I got to see them twice in just a few days because they leave me alone. They don't invite me anywhere. They're just mean to me. And as you all know, I'm a nice guy. Yes. We, we just uh, distance ourselves so that way you miss us more. So then when you see us, it's that much more meaningful. Uh, I figured out what Mike just did right now. We, did, we just did Moon Knight and Mark Spector's Jewish, and we didn't get enough Jewish mom guilt, so Mike brought that on. Oh. There we go. Makes sense. <laughs> it, now, it, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. Now yeah. I get the Hoff. All right. Hey. <laughs> That's why Mike was easy with us with the um, with the horribly described movie. So it can be hard on us at the end. Ah. <laughs> hey. That was the carrot, and this is the stick. Hey, whoa, whoa. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that, but fine. Um, shout out to the usuals, especially to Johannes. I know he's working really hard. Johannes! It was really good hearing from Johannes. It was. I I saw a post that he put up. Apparently, they used some of his artwork in a like play or something. Yes. Nice. Oh, congratulations, man. I saw it It looked great. I think it was um something with Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. It was the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Nice. He did really well. I was very happy for them. So shout out to Johannes. Shout out to Lady J, of course. Shout out to Tinkerbell. Shout out to South Carolina. Shout out to Erin, who when she told Mike and I that she finished an episode. I thought I blacked out and woke up. <laughs> I was like, what? Aaron finished an episode? Holy smokes. I know. Only, uh, what, going on nine years in. You're actually in a parallel universe. That would explain volumes. Yes. Volumes. Um, shout out to M-, M is for Marvel. Shout out to um, Hipster Tom. Daddy Kev. Yes, Daddy Kev. Big Daddy Kev. I've tried to meet up with, with him and his son on three separate occasions. And... Baby's sleeping. I can't. We gotta move things around. I'm like, wow. So yeah, I, I even saw a, a a post that Jen put up of the baby sleeping. <laughs> well, I'm glad because I'm here. He's you know just getting used to the whole sleep schedule. So I I know how Kevin is normally. I can imagine him without sleep. So mm-hmm. you know, um, and of course you know just a shout out to everybody who's listening. Thanks for always supporting us. Thanks for dropping lines. Um, thanks for giving us some helpful and constructive criticism. As we go into our next bunch of um, podcasts, I can't wait to do more. Anything else you guys want to add before we finish? No. Yeah, Mike says that as he melts because it's like 85 degrees in here (laughs) and no fan. Well, just for all you viewers out there, just the listeners that should stay out there, uh, the idiot's got the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) So for Kanshu, a.k.a. MFG, (laughs) FRT Square, Ralph the Tech, this is the cap saying, keep it geeky, and then you wonder why I don't get together with these guys. Awesome.